It's another Friday afternoon after 5 o'clock. Oh, yeah. And it's time for Ask the Preacher, your weekly opportunity to have your Bible questions answered. Brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. Ask the Preacher, and here's John Freed. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Ask the Preacher, everybody, on this uh, April the 22nd, 2022. Yes. 422-22. That's a tongue twister. Yeah, I, I wrote that down today. I thought it was uh, really cool. Hey, folks, you might have a question or a comment uh, or a complaint or a prayer request or something, and you might want to call in and join the program today, ask your question, and... Um, the number into the studio live. We are live. The number into the studio is 863-682-1430. 863-682-1430. George Houts, can they uh, reach us today? Uh, you can go to askthepreacher.com. Askthepreacher.com. You can submit questions there. You can check out previous episodes. And you can see the phone number in case you forget what it is between uh, now and the next segment. Yeah, 863-682-1430. Um, George, uh, welcome John, to the thank program. You. Thank you for being here. And, I love being here. It's yeah, my favorite. Uh, I, I, um, it, it astounds me. You have a, a conflict right now going on with Disney here in Florida. Um, and then, you know, the, the question is, well, why? There's issues going on with Netflix and with uh, local school boards all around the nation and and uh, concerning books and materials and stuff that's in in the the curriculums, uh, our own governor, God bless Governor Ron DeSantis. I think mm-hmm. he is doing an amazing job. Yes. Um, and uh, but anyway, uh, let me let me pause you there. Not just the governor, but all of the lawmakers. I mean, he's not a dictator, and it, it takes uh, good, the, the, the legislatures. Point. Thank you. So, all of you out there who are involved in making these uh, correct choices to protect families and children. Well done to all of you. Yeah, and, and you use the exact terms of, of where we're going today. Um, and well well said, um, especially in making mention that it's not Governor Ron DeSantis unilaterally just signing stuff, making right. decision, being a dictator. Uh, no, not at all. Um, he is fighting hard as well mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. the rest of the Florida legislature and many other states as well. So we yeah. are not the only ones. Yeah. Many other states and many other legislatures as well fighting for the family, fighting for the protection of our children. Um, I, I am just incredibly grateful for that. You know, I guess I'll say that I'm, I'm 43 years years old. You're a little younger than I am. That's old. That's that's gross. (laughs) And uh, I was not aware of a lot of these things. Uh, And maybe maybe they they really weren't on the surface back several years ago, or maybe I just wasn't, uh, I didn't have my eyes open to it back a few years ago because of my age. You know, you're you're busy about life doing other things or whatever. But I'm still, regardless of the reasons why, I'm grateful that many of these things are coming to the surface, and they're not just being ignored, they're being dealt with. And that Mm. is a valuable point. Uh, Before we run out of time, I want to make mention of, of something. Um, it has been said in the Christian world, it has been said in, even in the secular world, uh, the, the phrase, family first, 
And I used to believe it. I used to agree with that. I used to think, that's right. Family should come first. And then I, I read the Bible, and I found out that the family doesn't come first. Now, the family might come second, but it doesn't come first. God, above all else, comes first. And when God is first, everything else seems to fall in line, so long as you're actually following Jesus, following the Bible. Um, but uh, so, so today, in today's program, Ask the Preacher, we're going to deal with a, a few issues, one being the family. Why the family? Why is there a family? What is God's design for family? Um, what is the biblical makeup of a family? Why is it important to have it in line and, and have it accurate and, and correct? And so we'll, we'll talk about these, these things today. So, but before we um, – was that a caller? Is that a message I just heard saying we had a caller? All right. Uh, so – Okay, we'll take the we'll take the call in just a moment. We need to um, if you're if you're on the line uh, with a phone call, just hang on with us for a few minutes, and then we'll get to you in a minute. Um, George, the the family and in Matthew chapter ten, uh, Jesus said this: if if you don't hate your father and mother, then you're not worthy of me. Now, what did, what does he mean? By that, uh, he said it. Actually, he he said it this way: If you love your father or mother more than me, then you're not worthy of being mine. If you love your son and daughter more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. And if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of being mine. What does he mean by if you love your father or mother, uh, your your son or your daughter? I think we could apply in there your wife or your husband. Mm-hmm. If you if you love them more than me, you're not worthy to be mine. What does he mean by that? That that seems crazy. No, I don't think it's crazy. Well, well, let me let me say it this way: it might feel emotionally crazy, depending on where your heart truly is. So, let me give you an analogy and example real quick. I love my wife more than my children, and my children know this. There's a reason for and, that. That's important. And, uh, you know, I, I actually tell them this because they're little still. They're, they're still growing up, but they know that that daddy loves mommy more than any human currently living on earth. <clears throat> and so uh, they are still loved, and I would do anything and everything for my children that's beneficial for them. But if it comes down to, for lack of better terms, taking sides, mommy wins yeah. because mommy is the love of my life. And so it's – to some people, they would say, well, that's crazy. You, you know, how do you love your wife more than your kids? Well, it's simple. I love my wife you know, more than my kids. Not that I don't love my children with all of my heart. Yeah. Just I love my wife more. And that's the same thing with God. I mean it's it, – I think people only really have an issue, and this is a hard-to-swallow pill, so get your bottle of water ready. People only have an issue with that verse uh, because they don't really love God that much. Mm. I mean, it's just the reality of it. If you really, truly loved him more than anything else, that's not really a hard verse to understand. Wow, that's potent. Uh, it's it's very simple. It's straightforward. He's your all-in-all, or he's nothing at all. Yeah. Absolutely well said. Well, we'll talk about it more in a couple minutes when we come back. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. Uh, We'll take a phone call when we come back on the air in just a couple minutes. If you want to join the conversation, dial 863-682-1430. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. And now let's get back to more of Ask the Preacher. 
heard every Friday from 5 until 6 o'clock here on Talk Radio 96.7, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. Welcome back, and uh, speaking of Believers Fellowship Church, we'll just invite you to join us this Sunday morning. We have two services, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Uh, children's services are provided at the 11 a.m. time slot, so you would uh, send your children, if you so desire, back to those uh, those services. You can keep them in the main church if you'd like. Some people do, but um, anyway, I learned a lot in children's church. Um, I, I still envision in my mind... Uh, when I read certain Bible stories, the way I learned it in children's church, whether they were doing a skit, there are certain certain stories that pop up like flannel graphs <laughs> in my head because that's how it was taught, you know. Flannel graphs, wow. Flannel graphs, that's are those old even school. around anymore. Well, it, it sort of is. We homeschooled our daughter uh, for for a year, and uh, the, the, the we used a video series for certain aspects, and this teacher used to present. Uh, and it was a modern recording. This It wasn't like 40 years old, you know, but it was a modern recording, and she used these flannel graphs to present. And so my daughter is watching the television screen, watching this flannel graph thing. Our whole family would come uh, to the Bible lessons and, and watch mm. these Bible lessons. And even – so my daughter was about uh, 12 years old at the time. My son was about 15, and uh, we would – sit like on the edge of our seats listening to this lady teach, and she was using a flannel graph. It was so unique to my children. They had never seen it before. Everything was always fast-paced and bright and colorful, wow. and, and so to have something sit still was amazing to them. Anyway, um, I, I don't know how I got off on that. Oh, children's church and remembering things yes. uh, so well from the way I was taught in, in children. Today, uh, speaking about the family, God's design for the family, why the family is is crucial uh, why it's very important. Um, just before the break, we we had a caller, uh, and he he chose not to go on the air, uh, but gave us his question. So, Rick, I hope you're still listening, uh, and and we appreciate you you calling in. And by the way, uh, the reason why Rick didn't really want to come on the air is because he was taking care of a small child. Well done, Rick. Well, well done. done. Yes, and uh, he he didn't uh, the child making noise, things like that, playing in the background, or maybe crying or whatever. Um, Anyway, I just thought it was great that that Rick was taking yeah. care. By the way, husbands, fathers, you should never say I'm babysitting my children. No. You are fathering. Correct. Not babysitting. Not babysitting. And moms, you don't babysit your children either. You're you're the you're the mom. So, okay, so, so what was Rick's, Rick's question? Rick's question. He said, "I have some difficulty understanding the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit." I have some difficulty understanding it. Can you explain it in a simple way? Um, and he used as an example, how could Jesus be in the garden praying to his Father if the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are all one? George? That's, that's a good question, uh, and it's not a unique question. Lots of people have that. So, Rick, it's, it's a good question out there, and here's how I like to explain it. Um, so, again, my children, they're, they're, they're kind of young, and so I, I need to break things down simply for them. And so how I explain it to my children is this. I'll ask my, my daughter, uh, who am I? And my daughter says, well, you're daddy. I said, that's right, but what does mommy call me? And my wife calls me honey. And I said, well, what does grandpa call me? And she says, son. I said, that's right. So I'm daddy, but I'm also honey to my or wife, husband, in that case, husband yeah. to my wife, and I'm also a son. I'm all three roles, but I'm one person named George. And the Godhead 
is much the same. He is the Father, refers to himself as Yahweh, or I am that I am. There's the Son, Jesus, Yeshua, and then there's the the Ruach, the Holy Spirit. And all of them are the same unique, uncreated, eternal God Mm -hmm. that... Here's where some people get, you know, upset, either manifest or reveal themselves in three different roles, depending on what's required. And here's a very realistic uh, example that all of us can relate to. I, George, am uh, three individual wills and personalities all at the same time. I am George, the physical body. I am George, the emotions. And I'm George, the spirit, the will, the, the decision maker. And when it comes to diet and exercise, I hate it physically. (laughs) Physically, my body wants to eat lots of sugar and bad food. My emotions are like, yeah, let's do it because I'm I'm hangry right now. And if you eat sugar, it's going to be delicious. And then you'll be happy. And that's my emotions. And then I have my will, which is like, no, no, your pants are, you know, not as uh, slim as they used to be, so maybe you should diet a little bit. So within me are these three unique characters, personalities, however you want to describe it. Um, and each of them at times will rule over the other. So the example is sometimes when I'm angry, I will make a poor decision that might hurt my body. Random example, I... B- scream and lose my voice, right? Because I'm angry. I allowed my emotions to rule, which then made my physical body subject to my emotions, and it made my will subject to my emotions. Other times, my physical body might uh, rule the day, and uh, I might do something that emotionally makes me feel bad and is not a good choice, and I allow my body to rule the day. But if I'm in harmony and if I'm doing what's right and I'm well-balanced, my spirit, my decision-making uh, part of me will bring both my emotions, so regardless of how I feel, I'm going to make a good choice, and regardless of how my body wants to respond, I'm able to bring both my body and my emotions under the will and control of the spirit. And that's what was happening in Rick's example where Jesus is praying in the garden. He was a physical body that had to subject himself to the will of the Father. And he says this in multiple places. I do nothing except that which the Father um, wills. And he's constantly, to borrowing a, a phrase from Paul, he subjected his physical body so his, to the will So his physical of the body and maybe even a little bit of his emotional being, because emotions know the yeah, pain yeah. that he's about to experience. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But yet at the same time, his spirit on the inside is saying, no, this is the right thing right. to do. The scripture says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, the suffering, yep. the shame. He he had to face that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he says to the Father, Father, nonetheless, let your will be done. In other words, I submit myself to your will. It, even that verse, the suffering and the shame, he's subjecting the suffering, which is the physical, and the shame, which is the emotional. I love it's the aspect. demonstrating the... Trinity in that verse. I lo- yes, I love the aspect uh, that you bring out that um, you're a you're a, a son. You were a son first. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were a husband second, mm-hmm. and then you were a father uh, third. And so that's how it worked with us. If we keep things in the in the proper order, right? Um, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit—they were all there at the creation. Mm-hmm. They've always worked together. 
mm-hmm. from the beginning. And the the only thing that not that I have conflict with you on your answer, the only thing that would be um, needful to understand is you gave an example where sometimes ourself, even as, even as a three part being, might be in conflict from one part to the other. Right. And then when it comes to the Godhead, there is never never a conflict. Conflict. Right. And that is what is so cool about God. Uh, in every way that He has manifest Himself, He is always in agreement with Himself. Exactly. We, yep. we have a caller, and we only have a couple minutes till we have to close for the bottom of the hour break. Uh, Jim, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing, guys? Great, great program uh, on the family. Um, the family is one of the main battlegrounds in spiritual warfare. Uh, the enemy goes after fathers and husbands, men. Yes. Uh, for years, he's been trying to denigrate men and make them ashamed of their role as a covering for their wives, a covering for their children. And now we have fatherless and husbandless families, um, and the enemy is destroying our culture uh, because of it. When I was raising my children, uh, it was back in the 80s, um, you know, uh, when they wanted to teach evolution to my children, I went to the public school. I said, you are not going to teach evolution to my children unless... You let me teach creation to all the <laughs> Well done. Uh, they wouldn't agree with, with that, so I had my oldest daughter, Crystal, I had her removed, uh, and, and they uh, had a remover whenever they um, taught evolution. So yeah. fathers can't leave it up to the politicians. Husbands can't leave it up to the politicians. We, we are in this warfare. We're on the front lines. We've got to be proactive in this. Yes, and, sir. Uh, you know, vote for the right people. Uh, thank God for uh, Governor DeSantis. Uh, he's doing a great job, but yeah, we yeah. have to be personally involved. Absolutely, we have to lead our family, be a covering. Well, well said. Well said, well said. Well said Jim. And, I, and George, I think after this break that we have to go to, when we come back, let's uh, let's capitalize on a couple things that Jim said concerning men, manhood, fatherhood, that proper role, and why it specifically is under such uh, big attack from the enemy. Folks, you're listening to Ask the Preacher. It is 5.30. We must take a break for about seven or eight minutes. I, uh, I hope you'll stay on the, uh, on, the, on the air with us. If you'd like to join into the conversation, you can. 682-1430. We'll be right back. Let's get back to more of Ask the Preacher. Heard every Friday right here. Ask the Preacher brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. Here's your host, John Freed. Hey, welcome back to Ask the Preacher. Good to have you here today. Uh, just remind you of the phone number, and thank you to uh, two or three calls today. That's wonderful. 863-682-1430. 863-682-1430. Uh, Rick called, I guess two phone calls today. Rick called in earlier asking about uh, the, the Trinity uh, to explain that, I, and I hope we did... Uh, a good job of that. You know, I've heard other explanations. Uh, you know, you take you take uh, water or H two O. It can be in three different states, but yet it's all the same thing—a gas, a liquid, or or a solid being an ice. Um, an egg. You have a shell. You have the white. You have the yellow. Uh, there are all sorts of things that we see in threes that actually make up right. a, a, a whole. Um, I think those things are, are nice ways to explain it. Uh, Rick has probably heard some of those things before. Um, but uh, it, it can be a little bit of a confusing concept when you think of perfect unity amongst three things that are supposed to be the same, not three separate things that make up one, but literally one thing that is shown in, in three different ways. And, and uh, I, I just want to get this, um, this simple principle apart uh, or out there, rather. 
uh, and I don't know the reference. I could have looked it up, but um, the scripture said it was God personally present in Christ Christ. Jesus, reconciling the world into favor with himself. Uh, So I want to add this. Um, My dad one time tells a story about he's walking through a restaurant and this guy stops him and he he takes his piece of paper, he crumples it up, puts it on the table, and then he takes his elbow, puts it on the table, and his fist is up in the air. And he said, now this is how I see it. God is ready to smash people, which was the paper, just ready to smash them. And then Jesus comes along and says, no, Father, don't do that. You know, something to that effect, right? That's not the case. That's not the case. It was God who loved the world so much that he gave his only son. And so the, uh, the father is not angry with you, but Jesus is the nice guy who steps in and, and, and uh, squelches the father's wrath. Now, this is all about justice. It's all about righteousness. Um, the picture is, is, um, is stated and, and written out very clearly in Scripture, and it's written in a variety of different ways. Um, and so it's really beautiful to see how God, the creation, uh, how there was a purpose and a plan, and it's laid out from the very beginning of time, yeah. and then it's played out throughout time. And so God and Jesus, the Son, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the, the Holy Spirit are in perfect unity with each other, uh, right f- yeah. fulfilling the Word, and it's really pretty awesome. Okay, and then right before we went to the bottom of the hour break, we had a, a, a call from uh, Jim. And uh, Jim brought up uh, the the battleground of family with a with a specific statement concerning men that manhood and fatherhood are under attack. Um, and and uh, I guess we could say that menhood, manhood, and fatherhood are under attack in the United States of America. That would be a true statement. But manhood and fatherhood have been under attack for thousands of years. Yeah. Why? Because we have a Father God, and so we have His design and His way uh, that it was set up, and the enemy has worked to attack that from the very beginning, from the very beginning. I think it's really interesting how you phrase that, especially nowadays with the whole transgender thing. Manhood is quite literally (laughs) under attack. Under attack. And for that matter, so is womanhood. Yeah, that's true. When yep. you attack one, you attack the other. Why? Because they are designed to work in unity yep. and in contrast at the same time. Now, isn't that interesting? If if you and, and so what society has begun to do is muddle the issue. It just becomes big old murky uh, water. There are more. Well, I there are just there are two genders really biblically. There are two genders, male and female. Um, but as far as the I don't know what you call it, modern day world, there are more genders than there are letters in the alphabet. They can't keep up with yeah. it, you know, and it becomes very confusing. It's designed that way to bring confusion to people because where there is confusion, there is strife, and where there is strife, there are all sorts of evils. The scripture says. Uh, so, uh, you know, Jim's Jim's statement about the the battleground being a family and, uh, right now. You see that so much. Uh, men, man, men, <laughs> manhood under attack. Um, you know, if the image of the father of the natural father can be messed up in people's minds, then it stands to reason that the image of the heavenly father can be messed up. What I mean by that is. Um, I remember one time a, a lady coming to church. Um, she did not have a good father. She had a father that abused her, 
that uh, treated her very, very poorly, very harshly. Um, did a lot of acts to her that are inappropriate, that are that are sin, that are that are unacceptable. And so she shows up to church one day and kind of desperate, looking for for change in her life as an adult now. And this statement is being made in church about the father being so wonderful and being so good. And she, it, it just almost scared her because she had this complex, fatherhood complex, if you would. Um, so she did not have a good father. She didn't have a good image of what fatherhood was. And so it took years for her to get past that, to realize that the father God is perfect and perfect in his love towards us. And he, he doesn't abuse, he, he doesn't um, misuse his children. He loves them perfectly and takes perfect care of them. Um, and so I, I believe that's one of the reasons why fatherhood is under attack. Jesus in his um, Sermon of the Mount, when they and then they they said even to him, so teach us how to pray. And Jesus mm-hmm. said, "Our Father." Mm-hmm. I, I find that interesting that he says "Our Father" as opposed to "My Father." In that particular case, there are other times where he said "My Father," but in this particular time, he was very clear and he said "Our Father, who art in heaven." Uh, so I, I, I use that to say this: there are a lot of people that look at. God the Creator and say, well, He's the Father of us all. Well, in right. the creation sense, He is the Father of us all. But in the belief sense, He's not the Father of us all. Jesus said to the religious people of that day, you're of the, your father the devil. He was a liar and a liar from the beginning, and that's what He does. And so mm-hmm. when you lie, you you equate yourself to being the offspring of the father of lies, Satan. And so Jesus makes the delineation that uh, there there is a father by creation but then there's also then there's a father by relationship mm-hmm. and so we all have a father in the sense by creation we are all made see the, here's this god design a woman and a woman cannot produce offspring but a man and a woman can produce offspring did i say the offspring correct? you said string offspring but I think we got it. offspring yeah. yeah so a man and a woman they produce offspring and so the devil has has sought to mess all of that up and to confuse uh gender to confuse all of these types of things i think uh predominantly for one reason this is the pinpoint of it to destroy the image of god whether that be our perspective of god or mm-hmm. whether that be manhood who was made in the image of God. When he created yep. humans, he created them in his image. Yeah, and there's a lot that can be said on this subject, probably hours and hours worth of commentary and scripture study on it. But it's absolutely, I think that the bulk of it is just what you said. It can all be summarized in it's to attack the image of God, which is really been the plan from the get-go all the way back in in the original genesis it was attacking the image of god um there's a there's a tactical uh reason behind it as well if men are the heads of the home if we're supposed to be the protectors and the uh, shepherds if you will of the house Mm -hmm. you kill the shepherd it's a whole lot easier to eat the lambs and to devour the lambs and so um you know, one thing I'm constantly trying to encourage my boys, I got three of them, uh, two of them are too little to really understand, but my four-year-old constantly reminding them, we're tough, we're strong, we're brave, we're protectors. Because uh, it's vital that, just as you said, if we have a damaged perspective of a earthly father, it will give us a damaged perspective of the heavenly father. 
the opposite is true. If we have a damaged perspective and understanding of who the Heavenly Father is, oh wow, good. Well said, we yeah. cannot be good fathers, and we're not going to know what a good father looks like. And Jesus makes this example. You know, he talks about your Heavenly Father giving good gifts. Uh, you yeah, know. Luke so 10. it's it kind of goes back to what we were saying. You know, Jesus, and kind of goes back to the Trinity, and you know what uh, Rick and his question was about. Uh, the Bible refers to Jesus as the perfect picture of the Father. Uh, and so when we look at Jesus and his personality, his character traits, how he handled situations, that's how the Father handles it as well. At times, he's a man of war. Jesus yeah, made yeah. a whip and beat people out Ran of the out temple. Of the temple. Yeah. Um, and at times, he was compassionate on who society said there should be no compassion and, you know, a woman that was caught in adultery and she should be stoned and, and there's no mercy. He gave mercy and, and grace and forgiveness and said, sin no more. And, you know, so uh, it's this balance. But if we want to know who the father is and if we want a perfect picture of the father, we can very easily look at the example of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And, and being able to be the, the protector, the defender, mm-hmm. the righteous one. Uh, but yet soft and, and gentle, and even taking the kids and sitting them on his lap and, yep. and talking to them. Um, and uh, we're, we're going to have to take a break. I, I recognize we have a, a caller waiting on the line. I, I appreciate it if you can wait just a, a moment until we come back. Uh, folks, you're listening to Ask the Preacher, and uh, we'll grab this call when we come back on the air in just a couple minutes. Stay with us. Fourth and final segment of Ask the Preacher coming up, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. Time to have your Bible questions answered. For that, you need a preacher, and we got one. His name is John. And and, and George. Yeah. I'm here and, as well. And George. And, and George. Thank you, Eric. Um, I'm not hurt at all. Folks, we've had a, a great program today. Uh, we have another caller, and, and we appreciate the uh, the patience. Um, is it is it Nick? Do I have it correct? Mick. Mick. Yes, Hello, Mick. Correct. Hey there. How are you guys doing? Very oh, wow. good, sir. Um, I am I am being told that we have five minutes remaining in the program. What What can we help you with? Okay, this is really brief, and then I'll hang up and listen to your comments. But okay. I was very well pleased with uh, the new legislation that our governor signed uh, regarding transgender teachings or, or discussions, K through third. My only, uh, in my opinion, I just wish it would have gone further, at least through elementary, which would cover it through fifth grade. And I don't know if y'all had talked about this on another show that I may have missed, but I wanted to get your your input and and, uh, and your thoughts on this. And I'll hang up now. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Great. Uh, you know what? That's that's a perfect example. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Nick, for calling. Um, that's a perfect example of the attack on family, uh, and that particular attack almost being under the surface, under the radar. It has hung around in the school system. For a period of time. By the way, I need to make mention of this. That doesn't make every teacher, every person involved in the school system, it doesn't make them evil. Um, but there are people that sneak things in. It's just part of the plan of the of the devil. He's very sneaky and sly. Uh, so he has slidden these things in. Um, and so uh, I as well am, am very glad, and, and George, as you stated, it's not just Governor Ron DeSantis, but it's the legislature uh, who has begun to stand up against these things. And um, right. so so this, uh, this bill that's recently been signed, we did talk about this a, uh, a few weeks ago, but this bill that's recently been signed um, 
took on the name the Don't Say Gay bill. And the reality is it has nothing to do with that. It's actually an anti-grooming bill um, of, of saying in the school system it is inappropriate uh, for for a teacher or any other school personnel to be having conversations with children that are K one two and in third grade uh, concerning sexuality and, and those types of issues. And again, not just conversation. The bill states instruction, yeah. which is a key word for me because uh, instruction is some kind of demonstration or how to. So. That's really yeah, messed yeah. up that very, people would be talking point. to kids about that. And that's just uh, and look, I don't I don't care if you're Democrat, uh, Republican, Independent, completely uninformed, don't care anything about politics. If you believe it is appropriate to sexualize children, you are depraved. Yeah, that's just that's the bottom correct. line. You are a depraved individual. Your thinking is wrong, and you should seek help immediately. Yeah, and and I would agree very much with you, Mick, that uh, this really third grade is not high enough. Uh, I think most of the legislature, wh- what I mean by that is it, it should have extended on into uh, probably sixth grade, eighth grade, uh, potentially even even high school for certain elements or whatever. I understand that these things are in people's lives, um, but what what has been found that has been sliding through in the school systems is so perverse uh george the the word depraved is is fantastic word it's a terrible word anyway but uh, it, it fits perfectly in this situation i want um, to say other words but we'll keep it with <laughs> yeah, depraved we, we, uh, yeah we don't want to get thrown off the air um it, it should have been extended up to higher age levels i i agree with you uh i think what happened here is the governor and the legislature determined um it it has to stick and if they went too high up, it might get thrown back. And so they, they went with something that, that they felt like they could make stick. And I believe they have. And I, and I love the fact that, they, that Governor Ron DeSantis has just doubled down in, in certain ways and even sticking it to Disney is great. Well, and it's even this, uh, this anti-baby killing bill that they recently signed at 15 weeks. Yeah. It's a battle that has been won. Rejoice that a battle has been won, but don't give up the fight. Keep fighting the war. If we believe that we need to end abortion completely, not just after 15 weeks, if we believe that we should prevent grooming for all aged children, uh, let's keep fighting the battle. Let's let's keep yeah. voting in the right people. Let's encourage the lawmakers and decision makers to make the right choices and yeah. continue the, the fight. Absolutely. Well said. Uh, just because we've won a little battle doesn't mean mm-hmm. that the war is, is over. We have to keep pushing and keep holding the ground. War's not over till the king comes back. Amen. Folks. You've been listening to Ask the Preacher. We're glad you joined us. Uh, come visit us this weekend at Believer's Fellowship up on the north side of town. You can visit us online at believersfellowship.com. Find out when service times are, how to get there, all that good kind of stuff. Hey, we'll see you next week. No, just